We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. episode 365 of the Al Galdi podcast. Yes, 365 episodes. A full calendar year's worth of episodes of this podcast. It is Friday, July 29th, 2022. It is the day after Dan Snyder testified before Congress's House Committee on oversight and reform. Yes, this did end up happening. Our commander's co-owner and co-CEO, Dan Snyder, a.k.a. the Danny, a.k.a. Danny Boy, he ended up testifying before Congress regarding the team's workplace misconduct scandal. This was one of the wilder scenarios that we've had Early Thursday morning, as in the 6 a.m. Eastern hour, we finally got word that Dan would be testifying on Thursday. This had been up in the air. It had not been known entering the day whether the testimony would actually happen due to negotiations that had been going on for a month and a half between Team Danny and Team Congress regarding the circumstances of the testimony. Well, the testimony happened. Uh, Dan did not end up testifying under subpoena. He ended up testifying, quote, voluntarily, end quote. Uh, the testimony was virtual as Dan testified from Israel, uh, where he had attended a memorial service for his mother who died a year ago. And how about this? The testimony lasted for nearly 11 hours. Yeah, nearly 11 hours hours. Uh, Now, unfortunately, there's not much that we can sink our teeth into. Uh, The testimony was not broadcast live. There is no publicly available transcript of the testimony, at least not yet. A transcript, though, uh, could be released. But for now, we don't know specifically what was asked. We don't know specifically what was said. Uh, We do, though, have a statement because, of course, we have a statement. Uh, We do have a statement 
from a spokesperson for Dan Snyder. This came out on Thursday evening. Quote, Washington Commanders co-owner Dan Snyder today voluntarily testified under oath for nearly 11 hours on top of the previous cooperation provided to the committee. Despite the investigation's conclusion last month marked by proposed legislation and a summary of findings, Mr. Snyder fully addressed all questions about workplace misconduct, described the commander's dramatic two-year transformation, and expressed hope for the organization's bright future. After concluding the memorial services for Mr. Snyder's mother, Mr. and Mrs. Snyder look forward to returning their focus to supporting the efforts of the commander's incredible employees and executive team and delivering a winning season for commander's fans. End quote. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Dan Snyder still has not been served with this congressional subpoena that was issued for him weeks ago, but he now has testified before Congress. Perhaps in the coming days, we shall learn more about what exactly was said. Do you think that Dan, in his continuing efforts to screw with the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, like messed with the House Committee on Oversight and Reform via Zoom? Like, do you think Dan was like, putting himself on mute and the committee kept having to say to Dan, uh, Dan, you're on mute. No, no, Dan, you got to hit on mute. Dan, hit on mute. You know, maybe Dan kept pretending like his connection was frozen. Who the heck knows? Anyway, lots of commanders football for you and me to get into on this show as Thursday was day two of 2022 commanders training camp. We had good injury news and in that Chase Rulier was activated off the active physically unable to perform list. We also had good stuff from Terry McLaurin. He on Thursday morning spoke at length via a post-practice press conference. I'll get into all of this next segment, including Terry on Carson Wentz, Terry on Curtis Samuel, and Terry on Jahan Dodson. Curtis Samuel on Thursday morning had perhaps the play of the day, uh, although the day ended up being a defense-dominated day. The commander's defense on Thursday morning very much outshined the offense. I'm going to go in-depth on the commander's defense coming up. We all know that the team's defense last season was, shall we say, a disappointment. Uh, is the defense, specifically the pass defense, poised to be better for this coming season, both Rod Rivera and Bobby McCain on Thursday morning addressed the communication in the secondary, uh, which was very much a problem last season and hopefully will be better this coming season. Uh, also, where are we with the depth in the secondary, i.e. nickel corner and the Buffalo nickel? Uh, Rod addressed that on Thursday morning. I'll be getting into all of this stuff, as well as the retirement of Antonio Gandy-Golden. Yes, surprising news at Commander's Camp on Thursday morning. AGG, we hardly knew ye. Uh, this actually got a lot of attention, Gandy-Golden retiring. I mean, the guy over his two NFL seasons had one regular season reception for three yards. Uh, this wasn't exactly Art Monk retiring, but what happened is interesting, so I'll discuss it later in the show. Also on the show, the Orioles, another win and with more Orioles magic, uh, a 3-0 win over the Tampa Bay Rays at Oriole Park at Camden Yards on Thursday afternoon to win three of four games in the series. Trey Mancini in his final plate appearance as an Oriole at Oriole Park at Camden Yards prior 
to the MLB trade deadline, which is this Tuesday, August 2nd at 6 p.m. Eastern. He in an Orioles, a two-run eighth, a two-out, two-run, inside-the-park home run on an 0-2 pitch for a 3-0 Orioles lead. Uh, Not bad. The rise of the O's continues. I'll talk O's late in the show. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Stanley Evans on the paltry number of fans at day two of Commander's Training Camp on Thursday morning. Fans are allowed to attend practices at Commander's Training Camp, which is taking place at the team's headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia, but there is a lottery system through which you can get tickets to attend, and uh, apparently not many Commanders fans are into playing the lottery uh, because (laughs) there appear to be very few fans in attendance at Thursday morning's practice. Right, Stanley, after years of mediocrity and name changes and leaving Richmond, this is what you get. It's really going to take a lot of wins and continual success for the fans to come back. We're tired of the over-promising and under-delivering. Just win, and only then will the team start to get back the trust of the fans. Uh, thank you for the email, Stanley. Yeah, man, no doubt winning would alleviate a lot of problems for the commanders. And, you know, they have a very hard time drawing fans right now. Everybody knows this. Uh, this is not a new problem, and the problem isn't going to be remedied anytime soon. Sportico on July 19th had a report saying that Washington was number 31 out of 32 NFL teams in net ticket revenue for the 2021 regular season. I'm not sure what there is to say anymore about the team's attendance problem. Um, I'm certainly not anticipating attendance at FedEx Field for this coming season to be great. I mean, I hope that attendance at FedEx Field for this coming season is good. I want all of our local teams to draw, but we all know the reality about FedEx Field and the reality about the co-owner and co-CEO of the Commanders, Dan Snyder. I mean, think about it. The team in FedEx Field has maybe the single most despised venue in all of sports, and the team in Dan Snyder has maybe the single most despised person in all of sports. That is a brutal combination when you're trying to get people to pay tickets to come watch you do your thing. And then you throw on top of all of that the last 30 years for this team in terms of wins and losses. Uh, I mean, it really is some combination when you think about all of this. So yeah, fans aren't showing up for games and forget about practices, uh, even practices uh, that are free to attend. Email from Chris Rossi on Carson Wentz. uh, As we on Thursday show, episode 364 did a lot of Carson Wentz talk off his post-practice press conference on Wednesday morning on what was day one of Commander's training camp. Writes Chris, I'm moderately excited about Wentz this year, but I keep hearing people talk about how elite he used to be. I know stats can sometimes be misleading, but when I look at his stats from those elite seasons, they don't look that elite to me. Here are his average stats for his three best years, 2017 through 2019. Passing yards, 3,470. Touchdown passes, 27. Interceptions, 7. As a comparison, I looked at Kirk Cousins, who everyone says is a middle-of-the-pack starter. Not elite. Here are his average stats from all of his years as a starter. Passing yards, 4,223. Touchdown passes, 29. Interceptions, 10. Maybe Wentz will have a good year and throw for over 4,000 yards, but he has only done that once in six years. Cousins has done that in six out of seven seasons. I worry that Wentz's ceiling isn't nearly as high as people think 
that the ceiling is. Fingers crossed, though. Uh, Thank you for the email, Chris. Good topic. So I would look at quarterback stats other than passing yards, touchdown passes, and interceptions. Now, those stats matter, but uh, those are counting stats. Uh, They are functions of how often you throw the ball. And those stats are basic stats in that the stats are dependent on a number of factors. You know, they don't necessarily isolate the play of the quarterback. Again, I'm not trying to say that those stats don't matter. They do matter. But uh, I'm a big fan, personally, of ESPN's total QBR. Uh, That is an advanced stat that takes into consideration a lot, including game situations, i.e. time down and score, uh, quality of opposing defense, what a quarterback does as a runner, uh, the taking of sacks, by a quarterback. So there's a lot that goes into total QBR. It is not gospel. No stat is ever a gospel. But to me, if you're looking for a one-stop shop in terms of a stat for quarterbacks, total QBR is what you want to look at. Carson Wentz has finished in the top 12 among qualified NFL quarterbacks in total QBR in four of the last five regular seasons. That's pretty good. Four of the last five seasons Carson has been top 12 in the NFL in what to me is the best singular stat for evaluating quarterback play. Carson Wentz is not an elite quarterback. Uh, He certainly has his flaws, and I'm not even saying that he's a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, but he is capable of playing at a top 12 level. And while that is not elite, that is pretty good. Well, you can bet that Ron Rivera is very much wanting Carson Wentz to have a big 2022 season. Uh, Ron is going to look very smart if Carson has a big 2022 season. And if Carson flops in the 2022 season, (laughs) well, Ron will not look so good. Uh, Ron Rivera, of course, is a skin cancer survivor. Skin cancer is among the most common of all cancers in the United States, but skin cancer also is among the most curable forms of cancer. Get checked, get screened, and someone who very much can help you with that is Dr. George Verghese. Uh, Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland offer free skin cancer screenings. Yes, free. Call 301-396-3401 and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Dr. George Verghese is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon. He is one of the nation's premier dermatologists. He's a big fan of the commanders. He's a loyal listener of this podcast. And operating under his direction is the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. The Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland diagnoses and treats a broad range of acute and chronic skin conditions, including skin cancer. And yes, Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland offer free skin cancer screenings and offer state-of-the-art treatments for skin cancer. Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland are the DMV's number one outlet for Mohs Skin Cancer Surgery and for Superficial Radiation Therapy, or SRT, which is an alternative to surgical procedures for basal cell and squamous cell skin cancers. You will not find better, more state-of-the-art, or more comprehensive skin treatment and services than what you can get from Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland. Early detection and treatment of skin cancer save lives. If you have questions or concerns about your skin, call Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland at 301-396-3401. That's 301-396-3401. 
3401 and make sure that you tell the Institute that Al Galdi sent you. That's 301-396-3401. You can also visit MidAtlanticSkin.com. That's MidAtlanticSkin.com. Dr. George Verghese and the Mid-Atlantic Skin Surgery Institute of Maryland, nationally recognized for treating skin cancer across the Mid-Atlantic region. As is always the case, I appreciate you listening to this podcast. I appreciate you supporting the sponsors of this podcast, and I appreciate you rating and reviewing the podcast. Uh, You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can give the podcast a five-star rating, and you on Apple Podcasts can write a review of the podcast. Uh, The review does not have to be long, can be just a sentence or two saying that you like the podcast. The ratings and the reviews help a lot, and uh, thank you for doing them. The commanders on Thursday afternoon announced some good news. The activation of center Chase Roulier off the active, physically unable to perform list, the pup list. Uh, Roulier is coming off a fractured left fibula. He suffered that in the loss at the Denver Broncos last Halloween. The feeling had been that he was not long for the pup list, and sure enough, he was not. Uh, So those commanders players still on the pup list are edge defender Chase Young, tight end Logan Thomas and center Tyler Larson. Additionally, offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas is on the active non-football injury list. Uh, You also do have running back Antonio Gibson dealing with a hamstring injury. Uh, Meantime, no football move by the commanders in the 2022 offseason was more significant than the trade for quarterback Carson Wentz in March, but no football move by the commanders in the 2022 offseason was more well-received than them signing receiver Terry McLaurin to a contract extension. The deal got done, right? The commanders on July 5th officially announced having signed Terry to a three-year contract extension. There are many stats and facts that capture just how good Terry has been for Washington since it took him in the third round of the 2019 NFL Draft. But one of the more impressive things about Terry to me is just how proficient he has been at the contested catch. Uh, Terry finished the 2021 regular season number one in the NFL with 25 contested catches for Pro Football Focus. And a big reason for this was that Terry, for the 2021 regular season for PFF, had the lowest rate of catchable targets among all NFL receivers who each had at least 100 targets. Just 62.7% of Terry's targets in the 2021 regular season were deemed catchable by PFF. Uh, You would hope that Terry is about to have a whole lot more catchable passes being thrown his way with Carson Wentz as the commander's starting quarterback, but no doubt Carson does have a history of inaccuracy. Uh, That has been a problem for him. You can't deny that. Terry on Thursday morning did a press conference following commander's training camp practice. Here was Terry on Thursday morning on how his chemistry with Carson Wentz is coming along. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's been great so far, just personally getting to know him, um, sharing some things we have in common, learning about each other and the backgrounds and our careers up until this point. And um, I think 
our, you know, we got to get out there in California before this started out, and we really got to start talking through things. And now we're out here in game-like situations. The bullets are flying it's a little faster, but I really like his aggressiveness um, when he's trying to give us chances down the field. I think that's something that all of us as an offense know we want to improve on is um, taking those shots down the field but also connecting on them. And so the only way you get better at those is taking them in practice and connecting on them. So I think whether it's me, uh, Jahan made some good plays down the field, Kelvin, um, that not only it increases your your confidence in those plays, but um, it gives Coach Turner the confidence to continue to call those, and that can really help open up our offense even more. So Terry McLaurin over three seasons with Washington has caught regular season passes from seven different quarterbacks. Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke, and Garrett Gilbert. Carson Wentz is set to become the ninth different starting quarterback for Terry McLaurin in an NFL regular season. So if anyone knows about getting used to a new quarterback, it is Terry McLaurin. Does Terry see the transition with Carson going well? Oh, definitely. I think what helps is uh, he's a veteran guy and he's played with a lot of uh, good receivers and, you know, fast receivers and guys like Deshaun Deshaun Jackson. And so uh, he knows what it's like to play with some fast receivers, some bigger receivers and things like that. And just, you know, his cerebral ability to break things down on the fly is also what helps. And I think as a receiver, myself and the other guys, we want to try to be on the same page as much as possible. I think what's really cool is he throws the ball um, in a very timely fashion. So it makes us, forces us receivers to be clean at the top of our routes and know we got to get our head around because that ball is going to be coming. So um, those are little intricacies that we have to um, hone in on during this time in camp so they could be ready for the games. All right. Well, Terry McLaurin, of course, went to Ohio State, just like fellow commander's receiver Curtis Samuel. Uh, in fact, each guy was a part of the Buckeyes 2014 recruiting class. As you may have heard, uh, things did not go so well for Curtis Samuel in his first season with Washington. Washington, in March 2021, signed Curtis Samuel as an unrestricted free agent, three-year, $34.5 million contract with $21.5 million fully guaranteed at signing. But Curtis in the 2021 regular season played in just five of Washington's 17 games due to the groin injury to end all groin injuries. However, uh, Curtis Samuel during Thursday morning's training camp practice provided one of the highlights of the day. He juked past corner Benjamin St. Juice on a reception from Carson Wentz. Uh, Curtis stuck his foot in the ground to make a cut and actually lunged backwards a la a step-back move in basketball. And Curtis ended up making Benjamin look foolish. Uh, Curtis was not kind to the juice. Uh, impressive stuff from Curtis Samuel. Now, of course, uh, this was one moment on day two of training camp in late July. Uh, but yeah, this was the kind of moment that gives you hope about Curtis Samuel as a commander. This was the kind of moment that gives you hope about Commander Curtis. Uh, here was Commander Terry on Thursday morning on Curtis Samuel's highlight moment during Thursday morning's training camp practice. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to let him take it a day at a time, but that gave me definitely uh, flashbacks of, of college and, and seeing what he can do with just with the ball in his hands, uh, his versatility after the catch. 
Um, most guys catch that ball on a five-yard pass, and they may get two or three extra yards. And the move that he made on a dime, that, that gets you 10, 10 to 12 extra yards with his ability. So it's cool for other people to see that, get to feel that. And he looks like he has a good spring in his step. And I know he just want to take it a day at a time and continue to build on that and, and stay healthy. But um, so far, he's doing a really good job. Yeah, key phrase, so far. Remember, there ended up being a lot more to Curtis Samuel's groin injury than we knew. We this past November 27th had multiple reports that Curtis in June 2021 underwent core muscle surgery. So we're very much in wait-and-see mode with Curtis Samuel. But the guy is talented. Uh, Commander's head coach Ron Rivera certainly knows that. He had Curtis during Ron's time as Carolina Panthers head coach. He was Ron during his post-practice press conference on Thursday morning on his impressions of Curtis Samuel early in training camp. Well, I thought there was a play, and I, and I think you guys saw it, that showed that in, in space with the ball how dynamic he can be. And, you know, and, and, and that's what we need. That's the kind of explosiveness that you're looking for. If we can get guys with the ball in their hands in, 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 in space and create, there's an opportunity for us to, 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 to win some football games, and, and that's what we have to do. That's what we got to get to. Yeah, as poorly as things went for Curtis Samuel last season, they did go well for him the previous season. Curtis Samuel in the 2020 regular season had a career best season in what was his final season with the Panthers. 77 receptions for 851 yards and three touchdowns on 97 targets over 15 games. Uh, additionally, he can be utilized as a runner. He over his four regular seasons with the Panthers, 2017 through 2020, 72 carries for 478 yards and five touchdowns, uh, 6.64 yards per carry. Curtis Samuel, in fact, was a running back at Ohio State. If Curtis Samuel is healthy for the Commanders this coming season, and of course, that's a big if, but if that's the case, then Curtis Samuel is like a major free agent acquisition this offseason for the Commanders because he barely played for the team last season. Uh, but he is really talented, and he could really help the team this coming season. Uh, as for Terry McLaurin on another Commanders receiver who hopefully will make a big impact this coming season, Jahan Dotson, uh, who the Commanders took with the number 16 pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. A lot of parallels between Terry and Jahan already have been drawn. Terry on Thursday morning on what he has seen so far from Jahan Dotson. Uh, I didn't know that was him at first uh, in, in college, but he called it like a one-hander against Ohio State. And, uh, and you kind of see his ball skills out here. I got to see him again in California. And he's just very natural when he catches the ball. Um, he's quiet, but that's, you know, a lot of rookies. But he has a very business-like approach. Um, you can tell he um, treats this as his job and a professional. And he has fun when he makes a play. You know, you try to encourage him to smile, you know what I mean? Because it's hard to make plays in this league. And when you make explosive plays like he did today, those change games, those changes uh, possessions. And it gets the offense juiced up, you know what I mean? When you see receivers going down making plays like that. So um, I just want to continue to encourage him to be himself, um, help, you know, continue to, to hone in on his skills, take the coaching really well, which he already does. And um, I think he has a chance to help us a lot. Yeah, Jahan Dodson played for Penn State for four seasons, 2018 through 2021. He, over those four seasons, had 38 receptions, each of at least 20 yards, had six touchdown receptions, each of at least 60 yards, had 10 touchdown receptions, each of at least 40 yards. And Jahan, like Terry McLaurin, has been very good at 
the contested catch. This is notable. If, in fact, the commanders have a starting quarterback in Carson Wentz, who is going to have accuracy issues this coming season, it's nice to know that you have multiple receivers who can get the job done when it comes to the contested catch, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson. Uh, But why is Jahan Dodson so good at the contested catch? More from Terry McLaurin on Thursday morning on Jahan Dodson. I think when you're confident in your ability to catch the football, you know what I mean? I think you're comfortable in a lot of situations. A lot of guys, sometimes you have a tough time tracking the ball down the field. Sometimes you may not be as sure of your hands in contested catch situations. But when you're a sure-handed guy like he is and has been up until this point, he has a lot of confidence when the ball does get in his vicinity. So um, I think what he did great on that on that pass that he caught down the field is a lot of receivers may fade away a little bit and let the ball get caught inside and it gives the DB a chance to get his hand in there but when you trust your hands like he does he kept the DB in between him and the ball and he caught it on his outside shoulder and he used really good late hands which it's kind of tough to do you know I'm still working on that skill a little bit as well and um the, the, the more you, you improve and the, the more you go against these great DBs in the league, you have to use little subtle things like that to keep them away from getting their hands in on the ball. So that was really good to see from a young guy, and I know he's just going to continue to improve. Yeah, you know, to me, the last time that Washington had a truly great top three at receiver was in the 2016 season. Pierre Garcon, Deshaun Jackson, and Jamison Crowder. I do believe that the potential exists for Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dodson to be the team's best big three at receiver since that 2016 big three at receiver. Now, obviously, there's a difference between potential and actual production, but the potential is there. And when you throw, say, Cam Sims into the mix, the commanders have at least four receivers who can be legitimately viewed as playmakers. Up next, much more from Commander's training camp. Nothing was more disappointing about Washington in the 2021 season than the team's defense. And you certainly could make the case that no unit on Washington's defense in the 2021 season was more disappointing than the secondary. Has the secondary been fixed? Has arguably its biggest problem last season, communication, been adequately addressed? I'll get to that and much more after this. Well, if you're like me, you like coffee, and coffee is a part of your routine. I drink coffee before every workout, and I'm a big fan of Trade Coffee, which right now is offering something very special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. More on that offer in moments. But Trade Coffee tastes great, and Trade Coffee comes from a great place. Trade Coffee sends you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters, small businesses that pay farmers fair prices to sustainably source the greatest beans from around the world. So buying Trade Coffee gets you delicious coffee and supports small businesses and farmers. And here's maybe the best part. Trade Coffee tailors its coffee to you. Uh, You complete a very brief coffee quiz and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. No gimmicks. Uh, Trade Coffee delivers a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew your coffee at home. And Trade Coffee guarantees that you'll love your first order or Trade Coffee will replace your order for free. Trade Coffee is a great model. There's no one perfect coffee 
but there is a perfect coffee for you. And so here's a special offer for listeners of this podcast. Trade Coffee is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off first orders plus free shipping. Just go to drinktrade.com slash algaldi. Drinktrade.com slash algaldi. Take the quiz and let Trade Coffee find you the coffee that you'll love. Again, $30 off. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Visit drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. That's drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. One more time, visit drinktrade.com slash algaldi for $30 off. More now from day two of 2022 Commander's Training Camp on Thursday. So I am not one of these people who goes nuts over each rep in a training camp practice. I certainly don't go crazy over who is doing well and who isn't doing well a mere two days into a training camp. Uh, That said, what was clear on Thursday morning was that the Commander's defense got the best of the commander's offense. Uh, Corner Kendall Fuller had an excellent practice. Linebacker Cole Holcomb intercepted quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, Thursday morning's practice was a good practice for the team's defense and a not-so-good practice for the team's offense. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that. Principle among them, uh, lack of game planning. The defense knows what the offense does, and it's not like the offense is operating some schemed-up plan to attack the defense. This is practice, training camp practice, day two of training camp practice. Commander's head coach Ron Rivera on Thursday morning uh, did a post-practice press conference. Here he was on the commander's defense, especially the secondary, uh, very much besting the commander's offense during Thursday morning's practice. Well, the, the one thing, I, you know, we talked a little bit about it at the end of uh, OTAs and minicamps. I really like the communications with the secondary. And, 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 and today was a day where it was a little bit ahead. And the biggest thing I tried to, you know, I circled the guys. I just wanted to make sure, you know, on the offensive side, they were, you know, they were frustrated, obviously. But they also got to understand that we're not game planning. You know, so when you're not game planning, you're not anticipating, you're not expecting specific type coverages for certain situations, you may not have the success. You know what I'm saying? So... That, that's kind of a tough part as far as that's concerned. So just trying to make sure they, they, they understood that. Um, but as I said, the one thing I really liked was I thought the back seven had a real nice day. A lot of it had to do with the communications. You know, we are working on some things and, and a little bit new, and I, I think that catches people by surprise um, as far as the offense is concerned. But like I said, I was, I was really pleased with what we got on the defensive side. Now, among those commanders' offensive players who got frustrated on Thursday morning were Carson Wentz and receiver Terry McLaurin. Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on if he doesn't mind Carson and Terry being frustrated, given that Ron expects Carson and Terry to be just fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and, but they want to perform. Yeah, they really do. And, and that I appreciate as well. But like I said, we're not game planning. And that's the thing we all have to understand. You know, certain routes don't work very well against certain coverage com, uh, um, concepts. So, um, you know, when you're out there and, 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 and vice versa, some, some coverages aren't built for certain routes either. So it works both ways. Today just seemed to fall in the uh, defense's favor. 
So with the commander secondary, we certainly have a sense of the four defensive backs in a 4-3 base alignment, right? Corners, Kendall Fuller and William Jackson the third, and safeties Cameron Curl and Bobby McCain. But there's a lot to be determined beyond those four, especially considering that the commanders this coming season, like every other NFL team this coming season, will have at least five defensive backs on the field more often than not. Is Benjamin St. Juice, in fact, the team's primary nickel corner. Uh, who is the primary Buffalo nickel? Uh, safeties Percy Butler and Derek Forrest and linebacker Kalik Hudson appear to be the primary candidates, although the commanders could have Cameron Curl play the Buffalo nickel as he did a good bit during his 2020 rookie season. Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on what he has been seeing from the secondary in terms of depth. Well, the guys that you know we're given opportunities at, at the Buffalo and uh, at the nickel position, um, you know, I think those guys have really stepped up. You know, um, it, it it's good to watch. It really is because, you know, that's what you want to see. I mean, Benjamin coming back and right now getting the first shot at the Buffalo seems to really be fitting and adapting to it nicely. Um, you know, Danny's uh, a guy that 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 that's very consistent. We know who Danny is for us. Uh, and then we got a couple of young guys. Um, I'm not going to name them. The less people know about them, the better. But uh, they've done a nice job. They really have. But but those two guys in particular, you know, you see some really good things from from Benjamin and Danny um, at that uh, at that uh, Buffalo slash nickel position. All right. So that was a little confusing because Ron Rivera seemed to be using Buffalo nickel to mean nickel corner. Uh, those are two different positions, but there are similarities. And honestly, we shouldn't get too caught up in Buffalo nickel versus nickel corner. The idea is this: Who is the eleventh? defensive player on the field. The commander's primary 10 defensive players for this coming season, if everyone is healthy, figure to be edge defenders Chase Young and Montez Sweat, interior defensive linemen Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, linebackers Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis, corners Kendall Fuller and William Jackson III, and safeties Cameron Curl and Bobby McCain. Now, maybe it ends up being that Jamin Davis doesn't play so much, but for now, those would seem to be the commander's primary 10 defensive players for this coming season if everyone is healthy. Who will be player number 11? Uh, Well, that's going to vary. But the options include corners Benjamin St. Juice and Danny Johnson, safeties Percy Butler, Derek Forrest, and Jeremy Reeves, and linebacker Kalik Hudson. Regardless of who is playing defense for the commanders, uh, the communication in the secondary this coming season needs to be a lot better than the communication in Washington's secondary was for way too much of last season, especially over Washington's first eight games of the 2021 regular season. Ron Rivera on Thursday morning, on whether off what we had during Thursday morning's practice, he feels like the secondary is in a better place in terms of communication. I think so. I really do. I think it's a very good sign. You know, I, I think Bobby McCain and, and, and Cam Curl right now are showing us that, that you know, their, their connection, their, their ability to work together has, has been very solid. Um, you know, I, I, I think Jeremy Reeves and, 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 and Defoe, Derek Forrest, are, are two guys that, that, are, that are, you know, getting opportunities to be mixed in a little bit, and they've done a nice job as well. So that's been kind of cool to watch. Yeah, so Washington finished the 2021 regular season with some hideous defensive rankings. There are 32 NFL teams. Washington finished the 2021 regular season at number 27 in total defense per Football Outsiders DVOA metric, number 28 
in pass defense per DVOA, number 31 in lowest opponent's third down efficiency, 48.5%, number 25 in fewest points allowed per game, 25.5, number 27 in lowest opponent's yards per play at 5.74. Bottom line, Washington's defense last season was not good, especially the pass defense. All of the preseason hype for Washington's defense last year ended up looking rather foolish. Uh, Washington's defense last season, as our friend the Iron Sheik would say, got made humble. Make him humble! Yes, Sheiky baby, make him humble. Washington's defense last season got put in the camel clutch uh, by one good quarterback after another. Well, Ron Rivera on Thursday morning made it a point to give props to defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and the other defensive coaches for what they've been instilling in commanders, defensive players. Take a listen. I also want to praise the message that, that, that Coach Del Rio and, and, and the staff are preaching. That's humility. Let's come in. Let's be humble. Let's let's earn it. Let's earn the right. And and I really love that messaging. I I, I sat in the defensive meeting yesterday and and uh, the day before and, and just listened. And and I really appreciated that message to the guys. And, and they seem to be getting. It. And so because of that, I, I think you know the focus now is hey, let's just do our job and we'll go from there. Now, also doing a post-practice press conference on Thursday morning was safety Bobby McCain. Uh, the commanders this past March re-signed McCain. He had been an unrestricted free agent. Washington initially signed McCain on May 17th, 2021 as an unrestricted free agent off him having been released by the Miami Dolphins on May 6th. 2021. Bobby McCain for the 2021 regular season led Washington in defensive snaps at 93.13% in playing in all 17 games, led the team with four interceptions, and was number two on the team with nine pass defenses. It was tricky with Bobby McCain because he was a big part of a Washington secondary that was really bad during the team's two and six start to the 2021 regular season. But McCain also was a big part of a Washington secondary that played well in six of the team's final nine games in the 2021 regular season. Uh, Bobby McCain's overall grade for pro football focus for the 2021 regular season was 70.9. PFF grades are on a scale of zero to 100. Here was McCain on Thursday morning on if he has noticed the communication in the secondary being better than the communication was last season. Yeah, that's one thing we're preaching in the room, man, just uh, communicating. Um, like, I, like I said earlier, if you're all wrong, you're all right. So if you communicate and everybody gets it across the board, you know, there, there's not too many teams that will beat you athletically. Um, you know, a lot of times you get in the room and you see bad plays, and it's not necessarily the guy just making a crazy play. It's more or less, oh, I didn't know I had help. Oh, I didn't get that call. Oh, I didn't know this. So that's all on, that's all on communication. That's all on everybody doing just their, their piece to let the next guy know, like, hey, this is where I'm at. This is where your help is, and this is where the weaknesses are. How does a secondary get better at communicating? We have seen so much bad secondary communication with our team over the years. How does a secondary get better at communicating? Here was some more from Bobby McCain on Thursday morning. Yeah, it comes with time and it comes with reps. Uh, you know, but being we got a lot of vets in the secondary, uh, in Will, Cam, myself, K. Full, and, uh, you know, just understanding that, you know, you got to bring the young guys alone and because I mean along because maybe like, you know, maybe this is their first year or their second year. They're not they're not they're not too fond of talking or they're not they don't want to communicate or they feel like they don't want to speak up. But now you have to, man, because when we're all out there, we all got to be on the same page. 
Yes, you do. It was maddening how bad Washington's secondary was over the first eight games of the 2021 regular season. There really was no excuse for that. The secondary was mostly healthy and was too talented to perform as poorly as it did. The number one key for success for the commanders this coming season is Carson Wentz. The number two key is the team secondary playing up to its potential and being better than the unit was last season. Up next, a surprising retirement for the Commanders. I'll get to that straight ahead. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So one of the bigger actual news items from day two of 2022 Commander's Training Camp on Thursday was a retirement. Uh, Head coach Ron Rivera during his post-practice press conference on Thursday morning revealed that tight end Antonio Gandy-Golden, AGG, has decided to retire. Uh, Not that this was some monumental occurrence, okay, but uh, this did stand out. So this coming season was to be just Gandy-Golden's age 24 season. Uh, Ron, this past May 24th, in a post-OTA practice press conference, confirmed that Gandy Golden was switching from receiver to tight end. But now, just a few months into that position switch, Gandy Golden is retiring. Here was Ron on Thursday morning. He just felt the time was now. Uh, He is going to go back to school early. He told me he wanted to continue his education and then go from there. Um, He's a heck of a young man. He did a nice job for us. Really do appreciate who he is and who he was for us as a football player and as a young man. And and because he's a young, bright young man, I really do believe he's got a bright future ahead of him and wish him all the best as he goes forward in his life. So the truth about Antonio Gandy-Golden is that his NFL career just had not been going all that well. Uh, now, he was a very well-received draftee of the Redskins. Uh, the Skins took then-receiver Antonio Gandy-Golden in the fourth round of the 2020 NFL Draft 
out of Liberty. Uh, ESPN NFL front office insider and former Redskins front office executive Lewis Riddick on the ESPN ABC telecast of day three of the 2020 draft called the Skins taking Gandy Golden a, quote, spectacular pick by the Redskins, end quote. Uh, NFL draft analyst Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network and NFL.com labeled the Skins selection of Gandy Golden as the best value pick in the fourth round of the 2020 draft. Jeremiah had Gandy Golden as the number 79 overall player in the draft, but he went with pick number 142. But Gandy Golden had a lost 2020 rookie season. Gandy Golden in the 2020 regular season played in just six games and totaled just one reception on three targets. Uh, He was on Washington's reserve injured list from October 24th, 2020 to December 26th, 2020 due to a hamstring injury. And Antonio Gandy-Golden in the 2021 season was all over the place in terms of roster transactions. Washington last August 31st released Gandy-Golden in the cut down to 53. Then the next day signed him to the practice squad. Washington last October 23rd announced the signing of Gandy-Golden from the practice squad to the active roster. He had been elevated from the practice squad to the active roster for each of the previous two games. But Gandy-Golden from weeks 10 through 16 was inactive for seven consecutive games. Washington this past New Year's Day released Gandy Golden, but Washington on January 4th signed him back to the practice squad, and Washington on January 10th announced the re-signing of Gandy Golden to a reserve future contract. He was a bigger receiver. The commanders listed Gandy Golden as being 6'4 and 223 pounds, and so he was making the switch to tight end. But there never appeared to be a clear path for Gandy Golden making the 53-man roster. Uh, Not with Logan Thomas and John Bates and Cole Turner, all clearly ahead of Gandy Golden. Uh, You also have this undrafted rookie tight end, Curtis Hodges out of Arizona State, getting a lot of hype. Rod Rivera on Thursday morning on if he was surprised by Gandy Golden deciding to retire. I was a little surprised just because I thought he was doing a really good job, Um, you know, as an F in in, in our style offense. Uh, a guy that could play the F or the the, the U tight end position, uh, he was making some pretty good strides. And um, you know, during OTA's mini camps, uh, he showed his ability, and uh, we felt this was a guy that could have been a matchup problem for some people. So, you know, a little surprise. Um, but again, I, like I said, I, I love who he is as a young man, and, and I want to wish him all the best as he goes back and starts the rest of his life. Yeah, look, playing in the NFL isn't for everyone. Uh, grinding through being cut and serving multiple practice squad stints and not knowing your long-term future in the sport can be tough. And if your heart isn't into trying to make it as an NFL player, then you can't fake your heart being into trying to make it as an NFL player. Football, of course, is an ultra-physical and brutal sport. You can't fake the desire to play the game. You're either into it or you're not. And if you're not into it, then you should get out of it. And Antonio Gandy-Golden is young enough and bright enough to where he can do a lot of things with his life. Uh, Ron Rivera on Thursday morning on if Gandy-Golden's passion for football is gone. Yeah, that's what it sounded like in our conversation was that, you know, it just he, he just didn't feel it right now. Uh, anymore. And, and, you know, he was talking about going back to school and finishing his education and, um, you know, seeing what else is out there for him. So as I said, he's a heck of a young man and and I do wish him, truly wish him all the best. Now, like I said, the Redskins took Antonio Gandy-Golden in the fourth round 
of the 2020 draft. Uh, he and offensive lineman Sadiq Charles were taken by the Skins in the fourth round of that draft. The jury is out on Charles, but obviously Gandy Golden did not work out. Uh, Washington's fourth round pick in the 2021 draft. Tight end John Bates appears to have been a good pick, and we'll see what comes of the commander's fourth round pick in the 2022 draft. Safety Percy Butler, who could end up being the commander's primary Buffalo nickel for this coming season. The phrase is Orioles magic. Uh, It dates back decades. It is a song, in fact, Orioles magic. Uh, The song debuted on April 15th, 1980. Orioles magic. Feel it happen. Here you go. Every game does a different stop on WFDR. Orioles magic, hear it happen. Orioles magic, hear it happen. O-R-I-O-L-E-S. Magic, 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 magic. Yeah, Orioles magic, feel it happen. Well, we, this season have Orioles magic, and we are feeling it happen. The O's on Thursday afternoon beat the Tampa Bay Rays 3-0 at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. The O's in a four-game series against the Rays, one of the best organizations in MLB, won three games. What a job by the O's in this series, and the Orioles magic very much on display. Tuesday night, a 5-3 win. The O's overcame a 3-2 eighth inning deficit. Ramon Arias in the Orioles' three-run eighth, a go-ahead two-run homer to left field over the Great Wall of Baltimore on an 0-2 pitch for a 4-3 Orioles lead. The homer winner projected 424 feet per stat cast was his fifth homer in 10 games. Wednesday night, a 6-4-10 inning loss, but the O's in the game overcame a 4-3 ninth inning deficit as Jorge Mateo in the bottom of the ninth smashed a one-out game-tying opposite field solo homer to right center field to tie the game at four. And on Thursday afternoon in this 3-0 win, the O's in a two-run eighth got a two-run inside the park home run from Trey Mancini on an 0-2 pitch in perhaps his final plate appearance as an Oriole at Oriole Park at Camden Yards. Like I said, Orioles magic. Feel it happen. Orioles magic. Hear it happen. Orioles magic. Hear it happen. Yes, exactly. And I tell you what, while we're playing Orioles drops, Joe Angel, don't think that I forgot about you. And the Orioles again in the win column. Yes, Joe. Hello, Joe. The O's, they are back above 500. Uh, The O's in this 2022 regular season now are 50 and 49, including 36 and 25 since a 14 and 24 start. The O's are three games behind the Rays for the American League's third wildcard spot. So Trey Mancini on Thursday afternoon, he is the Orioles starting DH and number two batter, two for four with a two run inside the park homer 
and a single. Uh, Mancini in the Orioles' two-run eighth, a two-out, two-run inside-the-park home run on an 0-2 pitch for a 3-0 Orioles lead. Now, the <laughs> inside-the-park homer was a direct result of Rays right fielder Josh Lowe losing track of a high fly ball and failing to make what should have been a routine catch. The ball went off of Lowe's face, rolled toward the right field corner, and was retrieved by Rays center fielder Roman Quinn. So this wasn't like some excellent piece of hitting by Mancini. In fact, the hit had an expected batting average of 40 per stat cast, as in .040. But <laughs> what happened happened. Uh, the official scoring was what it was, and Trey Mancini got credited with a two-out, two-run inside the park home run on an 0-2 pitch for a 3-0 Orioles lead. And what was also notable about the inside the park homer was that it happened in Mancini's final plate appearance as an Oriole at Oriole Park at Camden Yards prior to the MLB trade deadline, uh, which is this Tuesday, August 2nd at 6 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we for months have had speculation that the O's are likely to trade Trey Mancini. This season is Mancini's age 30 season and his final season of team control. I do believe that the O's should trade Mancini. The O's need to stick to the process uh, that has been put in place by Executive Vice President and General Manager Mike Elias. What he is doing is working, as we are seeing by the drastic improvement for the O's this season. The process is working. The rebuild is working. And so now is not the time to deviate from the process. Now is the time to double down on the process. And the process screams that if you can further add to your already rich inventory of prospects by trading a free agent to be in his age 30 season, who is pretty one-dimensional as a player, you do it. And I say that with all due respect, to Trey Mancini. Great guy, tremendous story. Uh, Mancini's OPS for the 2022 regular season is 757. Uh, that's nice, but that's also not irreplaceable. Here was those manager, Brandon Hyde, during his postgame press conference on Thursday afternoon on Trey Mancini. Yeah, who, who knows what's going to happen, but I think that uh, fans, that was really cool, the ovation they gave him and, and uh, you know, saying thank you to him for the years, the great years he's had here. And, you know, we'll see what happens. And I don't think anybody knows, but, um, you know, Trey appreciated it. And, and uh, what a way to go out. What is Trey is going out. What, what has Trey meant to you in your tenure here? You know, somebody that is, uh, you know, I've, and I hope I continue. I'm not, I don't want to, you know, put the cart before the horse or anything. I mean, I think, who knows what's going to happen? Like I said, but I'm enjoy. Really enjoyed managing him. Um, he is somebody that uh, uh, you know has gone through obviously what he went through, and uh, we've had great on-field, off-field conversations, and and he's opened my eyes to a lot of things, and and uh, consider him a close friend. What has he meant? What has he meant to the young club because of what he's gone through? Well, I mean, I think the obvious is, you know, perseverance, toughness, um, uh, you know, grind, um, put any sort of those adjectives out there. He's he's uh, shown that. And, um, no, none of us know what he went through exactly. You know, we've never felt what he did. And to go through chemotherapy and um, play baseball a year later in the major leagues, that's... Um, 
it's unbelievable. You said you, you can be hard on himself and, and you appreciate that aspect of him, but to have that skid that he's gone on and then have this moment, does that make it even more special to see him get it? Yeah, you know, I think everybody in the park was hope, was hoping for a feel good there at the end, uh, um, and a very kind of unusual play, but <laughs> and when we needed it, um, I know he's exhausted right now. It's a long run, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, Trey Mancini this past November won the American League Comeback Player of the Year award. Uh, the Comeback Player of the Year awards began. In 2005, the awards are voted on by the 30 club beat reporters from MLB.com. Mancini in the 2021 season returned off having missed all of the 2020 season due to stage three colon cancer. Uh, Mancini in the 2021 regular season, 147 games, 616 plate appearances, OPS plus of 106, 100 is league average. Nothing but respect for Trey Mancini. And if that inside the park homer on Thursday afternoon was his final plate appearance as an Oriole at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, what a way to go out. Uh, Also delivering for the O's offensively on Thursday afternoon was Anthony Santander. Uh, He is the Oriole starting right fielder and number three batter, two for four with an RBI double and a single. Santander in the Orioles' one-run third, a two-out opposite field RBI double to the right center field gap for a one nothing Orioles lead, despite having been down at the count at one point, one two. Santander now has a slugging percentage of 470 this month. Uh, remember, he hit a big homer in this series. Santander in the 5-3 win over the Rays on Tuesday night as the Orioles starting right fielder and number four batter, one for three with a solo homer. And he had an outfield assist, but Santander in an Orioles one-run fourth, a two-out solo homer to left center field of Rays ace Shane McClanahan to cut the Orioles' deficit to 3-2, despite having been down to the count at one point, 0-2. The final score of the Orioles' win over the Rays on Thursday afternoon was 3-0. So yeah, the Orioles' pitching in the game was quite effective. Jordan Lyles was the Orioles' starting pitcher. Uh, He tossed five and two-thirds scoreless innings. Now, he did issue four walks, and he did throw a lot of balls. Uh, 106 pitches, just 58 strikes versus 48 balls, but he only gave up three hits, all of which were singles, and he recorded four strikeouts. Uh, Jordan Lyles now in the 2022 regular season, 21 starts, ERA of 456. Uh, He, to me, is a dark horse trade candidate for the O's. The O's in March officially announced the signing of Lyles as a free agent to a one-year contract with a club option for 2023. So he essentially is a pending free agent, although he doesn't have to be. Uh, This season is his age 31 season. And then there was the Orioles bullpen on Thursday afternoon, and the bullpen was outstanding yet again this season. Three Orioles relievers combined for three and a third scoreless innings with five strikeouts. Uh, CNL Perez, one and a third scoreless innings with two strikeouts. His ERA for the 2022 regular season down to 130. Uh, Brian Baker tossed two-thirds of a scoreless inning. And Felix Batista, the flamethrower, uh, he tossed one and a third perfect innings with three strikeouts. Batista now in the 2022 regular season, 44 games, 42 innings, ERA of 150, whip of 0.86, strikeouts per nine innings of 11.79. How many relievers in the majors this season 
have been better than Felix Batista. Uh, Brandon Hyde, during his postgame press conference on Thursday afternoon, on what Felix Batista did on Thursday afternoon. I mean, on fumes, too. It's on fumes, throwing 100. Face a Rosa Rainer with runners in scoring position. Gets out of that. Punch. And then goes out and goes one, two, three, ninth. He is uh, CNL, five enormous outs. I mean, we had about four guys down today. And uh, the guys that threw and then the two guys we just brought up were the guys that were were available. And those guys really, you know, they were, they've, we pitched really well all series, um, out of, especially out of the bullpen. It was, we have, we have a really good bullpen, and it's fun. Yes, it is. The O's now for the 2022 regular season are number three in the majors with a relief pitching ERA of 3-0-1. Next up for the O's, a six-game road trip, a three-game series at the Cincinnati Reds Friday through Sunday, followed by a three-game series at the Texas Rangers Monday through Wednesday. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 366. We'll have lots of commander's talk off whatever goes down at commander's training camp Friday through Sunday. And we'll see if anything else arises when it comes to Dan Snyder and Congress. Uh, I'll have a lot for you on the Nationals and Orioles. Uh, the Nats this weekend and perhaps their final weekend with Juan Soto, will play a three-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals at Nationals Park. The O's this weekend will play a three-game series at the Cincinnati Reds. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Make you mumble!